Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Welcome to Taking the Higher Road, a Driver Reach and Freight Waves production. I'm your host, Jeremy Raymer, founder and CEO of Driver Reach, a modern recruiting and compliance software solution. On this show, I interview industry experts and thought leaders who bring their insights to the driver lifecycle as we discuss the industry's greatest challenges, driver recruiting, retention, and compliance. I appreciate all the positive feedback on the show. Please remember to rate and review Taking the Higher Road, whatever platform you use to listen. This week, I'm excited to have on the show a great friend of Driver Reach, Ron Yazetti, Vice President of U.S. New Business Sales and Partnerships at CESA, formerly known as work for labs Ron comes to us with 20-plus years in recruitment marketing technology with notable success at several large job boards that uh, you may have heard of, like CareerBuilder. Uh, so glad to have you back on the show, Ron. Thanks for joining us. I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me again. Well, I'm excited to learn more about your background, You know what attracted you to trucking. Uh, I'd love to hear your passion for recruiting technology and the and the great opportunity that exists when companies embrace that technology. And I'm hoping you can share a little about CESA and, and how you're helping companies attract the right types of drivers and certainly want to unpack some of the uh, results of CESA's recently released driver survey. Um, I also want to make sure we have some time uh, for a question from a listener during our deeper dive segment. Does all of that work for you? Sounds great. Let's do it. Well, even before we got started and we were, we were chatting offline here, uh, you referenced some books behind me and and what has become the custom for me is to is to ask my uh, guests if there's any books maybe that they've read recently or some that have really impacted them that they might recommend for the audience. Uh, anything that comes to mind for you? That's a really great question. I, I don't have anything immediate that I would I would definitely recommend. There's a few that a few that are in my queue. Most of them, fortunately, are in the sales realm. So I don't know how that would be great from a, a, a recruiting perspective. But I'm going back, actually back to the well and and reading some old uh, Brian Tracy books, uh, just in general, I, I like from a sales philosophy. Uh, yeah, I read a lot of, of kind of different, both mindset and sales books, but I, I would say the biggest one right now is um, actually not even, I'm trying to think of it. It's, it's actually on my... Well, here's here's proof. Well, that's this is proof that this is not pr- planned. And uh, planned. you caught me off guard, right? <laughs> but but you made a comment. You said, "Well, these are sales, you know." So I don't know that it's quite recruiting related. And and I would argue that recruiting and sales go hand in hand. And so I do think that there's a lot of um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Sort of a collaboration that exists between those who are in sales and the sales mindset that and uh, and that of a recruiter. So. Brian Tracy is probably one of my top, you know, I, I think Zig Ziglar and Brian Tracy are two of the, the most well-known ones. Those, those I, I always go back to the well and read some of those, their books uh, continuously. But Inspiring. My recommendation. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. awesome. Because it's not just about sales, it's about life. And, you know, those are great life coaches who I've followed that because it's one thing to sell something, but to really engage with people and have meaningful conversations like this that are really critical. And, and those books have helped me a lot. So uh, tell us a bit about you. What, uh, you know, I know you've got a strong background in HR and recruiting technology. 
What was it that led you to hone in on the trucking industry? So I started there about seven years ago. I was I started actually at Caesar slash work for about 11 years ago. And what really drew me to the, the company in general was recruitment marketing on social media. Like I, I, you had mentioned, I worked at previous job boards before. So I thought, you know, at the time, Facebook and social media were very innovative. And now they're kind of, you know, standard tools in the arsenal, if you would. But uh, so that's what really got me into that space. And then as I was working with more and more employers, trucking just kept coming up. The demand and need for drivers just was so apparent. And so I took it upon myself about seven years ago to really hone in on that industry. And I'm, I wouldn't say I'm an expert by any means. I'm always learning. But with that being said, uh, yeah, I feel like I'm always a student of the industry, if you would. And um, I, I haven't driven a truck. In fact, my dad drove a truck for Landstar many years ago. Uh, but with that being said, I'm always trying to listen. And I always listen to my employers, trying to see what they're saying about the industry. And uh, that's what really caught, caught me, you know, the, the transportation space. Just like with HR, I think HR space within transportation is a very niche area. But there's such a great group of people within the industry between you and Wendy. Yeah, I learned so much and collaborate. But uh, that's really what kind of drew, drove the passion. And yeah, I took it upon myself to really hone in on that as an industry, uh, just trying to understand it. You know, the lingo alone is something that takes a while to learn the difference between, you know, over the road and, and OT, you know, OTR, local, regional, mm -hmm. and the likes. And so owner operator even versus a, a company driver. So, you know, the more that you learn those things, I, I'm not afraid to ever say I don't know something. And so I always like to ask questions. Um, so that's kind of my back end around the history in the space. And it's just really taken off from there. I'd say 90% of the business I speak to are in transportation. Yeah. And what it's hard, you know, once you get in, it's not, I say it's hard, like, like as if you're trying to escape and you can't, but uh, once you get in and you really dive in, it's, it's, you don't want to leave. You, you find, uh, how welcoming and inviting and, uh, the industry is, but also the relationships that you can build and you'll learn a ton. And, and by the way, it's, uh, I always love to hear somebody who, has uh, spent this much time in the industry who says, I'm not an expert. What you really are saying is, because you say that, you know, you're always learning and it's that humility is, that's what makes you an expert. That's what gets you there is because you, you're continuing to thirst for, for knowledge to grow and to improve. And so anyway, I think you're an expert and I want to pick your brain if that's okay. Absolutely. <laughs> so um, now we know the, the driver shortage, right? The challenge of of finding enough qualified drivers, that's still an ongoing problem, even in today's you know soft climate. You know, your company helps other companies reach more unique and qualified drivers. So for those who aren't familiar with CISA, can you share some background and, and, and how you're helping customers thrive? Sure. We are basically a recruitment marketing technology company, which means that, you know, if you think about social media, it's a wide landscape. You could do a lot of various things on it from organic to paid advertising. And we help clients navigate through that. Most of the work that we do centers around the, you know, marketing and advertising side, but, you know, we can definitely give areas of expertise and knowledge and insights into what we see happening on social media in general or trends. Uh, but we're really, what we're really trying to do is really trying to leverage those channels to reach audiences of known truck drivers and help them reach qualified applicants that they couldn't reach on their own. And most of the time we are doing that through social sites such as Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. We've done some YouTube advertising, et cetera. Okay. So social media, it's not a fad. I guess it's here to stay. It is. It is. It's here. I see your social media posts and, you know, and then all the time. So I think everybody has their channels of du jour. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, and in, in, in our case, I think for drivers, it absolutely makes sense with the with those that you mentioned, especially you know Facebook, Instagram, and uh, and and TikTok and and YouTube, obviously. Um, so let's dive into uh, Caesar's recent uh, driver survey report. Uh, I know it's chock full of useful data, and maybe let's start peeling that back a little bit. What what are some of uh, of the key findings or, or trends that stood out to you? And then let's let's kind of dive in a little bit. I know. There's a there's a number of them, and I don't know that we have enough time to get through all of them. So I will want to encourage our viewers to be able to uh, access that report, and the the link will be in the notes. But uh, but what are some things that really stand out the most to you? Yeah, absolutely. It's funny. I read it through a few times since we last spoke, and basically, uh, you know, there's a, a couple things that stood out. The biggest thing is really I don't think there's a disconnect between what I think employers think they're saying to their drivers and what drivers actually are seeing or feeling. And I think that's really important. Um, the big thing that stood out in the survey was how a lot of employers are, are a lot of drivers are, they feel unwelcomed or they don't feel like they're part of, of the company and they just feel like they're kind of, um, a number in the, in the, in their workforce. So it's, it's really a, a challenge, I think, because I think employers, uh, the employers that I speak to, they'll tell you, they think they're doing a good job. You know, they're working on employment brand. And, but if you actually listen to the drivers, they feel that they also feel like they're not being listened to. So I think that that was really a big finding for me. Um, you know, it, the, the, the report itself, I highly recommend anybody listening to call to, to spend time. You know, I, like you said, I don't think we're really going to be able to do the report justice. There's a lot of data and insight, but you know, just things on what the mindset of the driver, what they're engaged in, what interests them the most. Um, obviously, pay is very important, but the other thing that stood out was, you know, their self-worth, how much they feel they're part of the organization. You know, home time, obviously, is very important. So things that, you know, would appeal to a, a potential driver. I think knowing those things are really important, especially if you're thinking about marketing and advertising, right? Because you want to take the input and the insights that you're getting from the report and, and I actually challenge everybody on the call, if they're not doing it regularly, to survey their own workforce and see what they want, because that inf their information and insight is invaluable. And they'll be able to take that information and then figure out the best way to advertise. Uh, here at CISA, we just went from doing annual reviews. In fact, I just got one from my HR person this morning. We're now doing biannual reviews. So I think those constant checkpoints are, are really helpful and um, I, it was apparent to me, perhaps in the data and the report that I don't think employers are probably doing that or asking their workforce their feelings enough. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, well, there's a couple things I'd like to add there because, first of all, what you're saying is 
get feedback from your from your people. What matters to them? Getting that feedback that's that's a retention strategy, obviously. Uh, especially when you get that feedback, you solicit it, and then you actually do something about it and you communicate what you're doing about it. Our really good friend, uh, Max Farrell at WorkHound preaches this constantly as a great product and as a great partner. Um, but, but beyond that, it's also important for your, you know, kind of to what you described is to be able to use that Intel to help, you know, attract and get your messaging kind of more on point. And what's funny is, I have been part of Atri's research advisory committee for, for two separate stints of two years each. So for a total of four years and, and every year, if you're familiar with Atri, they put out an annual top 10 industry issues survey and they, they survey drivers as well as carriers. And what's, what's amazing is the, the disparity between what the carriers are saying that matter their top 10 issues and what drivers are saying. And the carrier's issue is always driver shortage, you know, concerns about hiring. And the, the, what's funny is you're like, if that is the case, then everything over here, you should be paying attention to and the things that matter to them. And that's kind of what you're talking about here with the survey that you've put out. Um, there's, you're getting all this really good feedback. Okay. This is great stuff. Now, what are we going to do about it? Absolutely. And, and some of the stuff's obvious. So one of the things you said is what I learned, but. Obviously, pay and home time came up numerous times throughout the survey, right? So people want to be paid for. I think that's natural. I don't think that's specific to the transportation industry, right? Uh, but with that being said, what was really interesting was we asked a question that was related to what would make them leave or what would make them stay. And the answers to that, of course, believe it or not, the num the answer that outweighed even pay was being heard. Mm -hmm. And that, that, you know, that to me was huge is that even if the person was not necessarily happy with the compensation, they would still stick around if they felt like they were being listened to and paid attention to. So I think that's really important. Well, and, and, and how much does that cost? Zero. I, that's it, the point, it, right? Time and effort. Yeah. I mean, time yeah. and effort. And so, I mean, for, for, for anybody on the, you know, in the financial world that's, that's here, I mean, just give, listen. And, you know, kind of give that time, give that attention. You, it doesn't necessarily have to turn into uh, an increase in compensation, but it's that sense and feeling of inclusion, involvement, of being heard. So um, excellent point. How, you know, I have, go ahead. Well, I, I there's more point before I lost. Before I, no, go ahead. Yeah. So, you know, we're talking about social media advertising, right? I came from the job board space where it was very linear. Person applied to an ad and they sent over their information and then you follow up with them. Uh, what's interesting with social media, whether it's paid or organic, this is another important part around this kind of survey and constant feedback loop is, you know, when you're posting these ads, people can comment, people can like, share, et cetera. And a lot of times companies, uh, particularly carriers are very concerned over what may or may not be posted or shared about them. And I think that's, in my opinion, that's the wrong lens to look through things because when I, I look at that as just a constant survey. So they're constantly getting feedback from their ad, their compensation, their pay, their benefits. And, you know, don't shy away from the fact when they say, hey, you know, I'm, you know, I think you guys are paying too less. Listen to that, right? There could be some validity to it. They, there obviously could just be people disgruntled, but for the most part, listen to what, what the potential job seekers are saying about the content and the job that you're posting. Well, and, and a couple of things on that, on that note, there are, it's a double-edged sword, right? I mean, social media in general. Uh, open forums like that. Everybody has a microphone now. And and we all know not everybody should, but everybody does. 
And that being said, there are going to be things that are said about a carrier that are not flattering. And, and, and sometimes, probably a lot of times, they're not even true, but they, but somebody's spiteful. And so, but the, but the, but she, I think it's important for, to be um, fully transparent is to allow that sort of dialogue to, to exist as long as it's professional. If it, if it goes over a line, then that's, that's a whole nother thing. Sure. But then how you engage with that says as much about who you are as a company than what that comment might be. Huge. Absolutely. You, you, at that point, you're showing that you're caring about your drivers. And that's kind of the point. There was only one time that I think that I had an instance where I couldn't really help the, the client. They were moving animal waste product. And, uh, you know, there was kind of a spill that happened for them, unfortunately, and it, it became very negative press. And so that was something that was like, you know what, you know, maybe you need to take a break. And, uh, and, and uh, from social media and then come back to it perhaps when you have a different story to tell. So, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a tool. Um, but again, it's, I think it's a, it's, it can be a double-edged sword, but I think when you embrace it, that's what people, you mentioned, uh, our involvement with LinkedIn, I think, and they say, well, I see you everywhere. Well, the reality is you just have to be consistent with it. You know, that's something too, that, you know, ah, well, we tried that. It didn't work. And you know, you, you're the one talking to some of these folks It's like, you got to be consistent with it. You know, you have to, you know, keep doing it. Um, in, in terms of, of recruitment, you, you mentioned the importance of, you know, like content and messaging and getting that feedback and then kind of crafting that. Could you, you know, how can companies maybe more effectively, uh, craft their message to, to attract and retain drivers? Any, any specific strategies or best practices that you might point out? Uh, r really, really good point. Um, obviously short and to the point is the general mantra, right? You want to have, especially in social media, you want to get your message across briefly. And that not only is in written format, but also video too, right? If you're doing TikTok and, and Instagram, those sh videos clips have to be relatively short or else you're going to lose attention, even YouTube ads. Uh, as far as content goes, I, I am under the premise of always go with the, the data, right? So part of the data in the re in the report actually talked a lot about what drivers would respond to mm -hmm. and things like, you know, you could take the same compensation rate and break it out to either no compensation or weekly, annually, or cents per mile as an example. And, uh, certain of those key attributes are going to perform better than others. For example, weekly and, and annual pay scale performs a lot better. CPM is terrible. It actually, at least on social media, it doesn't work very well at all. Obviously there's a lot that goes into CPM. And so, uh, I think drivers are kind of put off for it. Uh, believe it or not, sign on bonuses, not in favor at all. So we've kind of recommend clients kind of remove those. So these are just things that not necessarily that whatever you pay is, is what you pay, but how, where that sits in the posting, you know, making sure compensation is front and center, because we know pay is really important for the driver. That's what's going to give you a better result. You know, I have a lot of drivers that are like, well, I don't want to mention the pay because people are going to be upset. Well, you know, there's two thoughts of that. One, you know, you, if you're disclosing it, at least people are going to know it. And then you're not going to have attrition in the back end. Or, you know, maybe you need to think about your pay scale. You know, are you really under, under, under industry average? Well, and, and that's an excellent point on the cents per mile uh, conversation, because that's all, that's only, that all depends on how many miles you drive. So that means nothing. Otherwise, it's a, it's a vanity metric. What really matters to the driver is not what my cents per mile is. It matters how much money am I going to be able to make here? Does that sure. meet my needs? Yep. You know, and, and, and you can, oh, the other tip that I'll give here is that you can offer that in different, there's different ways that you can list the pay, right? So you can have starting at 
up to or arrange. And we've had success with all, but a lot of it obviously depends on what your compensation truly is. You know, mm-hmm. you can use averages, you can use ranges. So just think in those terms, don't be afraid to list pay. Just think about how you can be truthful in the way you present it and what might work best for you. And a lot of times we're helping guide our clients. That's one of, that is one of the values that we bring to the table, of course, is we're, we're doing these surveys. We're speaking to a lot of clients and, you know, we got a good feel for the markets. So we're able to, to give our clients that expertise. Yeah. Well, and that's huge because quite honestly, a lot of uh, fleets, especially some of the, you know, more, you know, smaller, medium size, this is not their area of expertise. They may be really good at, you know, maintaining equipment or they have some really good relationships with, with shippers and, you know, but, and, and, and how this lane, you know, like all of those things, but they're maybe not really good at marketing. They're not really good at, uh, at recruiting or hiring. And so from that perspective, you know, partnering with companies like you, it, it makes a lot of sense. Um, what do you, you know, as a prognosticator, how do you envision or what do you envision as the, uh, the future of the industry, uh, particularly in relation to, to recruitment and retention or any emerging trends or technologies that, uh, that could impact this area? Yeah, I think one that obviously, one thing that came up in the report that stood out was it talked about which form of communication that job seekers want to be most engaged with. And so the answers were phone call, email, or SMS message. And last year, uh, it was email messaging was actually the most preferred. And this year it was actually the least preferred, but one thing that grew the most was definitely SMS. So one of the biggest trends that we're definitely seeing is, is the need for more SMS messaging, uh, with prospects and also the automation of those efforts. So sequencing, I think you guys offer you know, the ability to do those things. And I think those are really imperative as an employer. And I don't necessarily believe that employers are doing it enough or doing it in the right fashion. You know, so the same thing with your advertising efforts, you know, think about your outreach efforts to those prospects, the same, you know, strategically use math, use analytics and statistics to figure out, you know, what's the best approach? When's the best time to reach them? Uh, What channels should I be using? What should I be saying? How often should I be reaching them? So all those topics are, I think, very important. We, you know, you talked about the transition or crossover between sales and recruiting, and we think about those things a lot on the sales side as well. You know, what, what are our, what's the best way to reach our prospects? Where should we be reaching them? How often we should be reaching them? So those, I think thinking analytically that way, um, more and more is, is really a trend and using automation AI to AI obviously is, is, is a huge trend across multiple industries. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I've not, I've not heard of that. Is that a new thing? That's kind of- <laughs> new fad. There you go. Um, but it's here to stay. And, you know, uh, one thing that I'm seeing on it, cause I'm, we're presently in the market of sales tools and resources. And so I was very astute to some of the technology there that could be interesting for the HR world. And, uh, one tool that I saw a lot of is, is in integrating chat GPT mm-hmm. into messaging for sales purposes. So you can, you know, you can ask chat BP anything and you can kind of create your own content, but 
a lot of these new tools on the sales side and the messaging side are actually creating chat BT, chat GPT type technology into the platforms to help give text recommendations based on those performance metrics that we talked about. Yeah, that's interesting that you say that. And 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 as soon as you said AI and and, and I immediately thought, Chat GPT's coming after me. I'm gonna be replaced on this show. <laughs> Hopefully I not. think that's possible, but yes, <laughs> in theory, perhaps. <laughs> so uh, have you seen those, have you seen those, because you could obviously have a rendering and there's, there's been rendering the videos of human beings that, you know, everything's automated. And so you, in theory, could have yourself as kind of a character and then you have chat GPT feeding the answers. So well, I don't know if you're old enough to real. Well, I don't know if you're old enough to remember uh, Max Headroom, but I did, yeah. this is, I mean, we're just uh, finally that's coming to fruition. Those people were prescient in the mid 80s. Yeah, absolutely. I, I forgot about that. Yeah. So uh, we do have time uh, for our deeper dive question. So uh, uh, quickly, I, I, you know, this is a question from one of our listeners. And the, the question is, how is social media and video evolving? Are these still relevant ways to invest in driver recruitment? I know we touched on that, but uh, sure. thoughts on that? I, I mean, they're here to stay, right? I, I, in the, in the past, there's been some platforms that have come and gone. And uh, for example, Google Plus is an example. So back when Facebook was the, always the ultimate king, there were some platforms that were out there. But Twitter has been out just as long. They're still here. Elon Musk obviously thought it was very important for him to, to invest a ton of money into it. So clearly he saw some value in that. And uh, you know, TikTok is still here to stay. So I think these platforms are here to stay. I just think of them as like modern day television. Right. There's just, you have all, if you think about television, you have all these different channels and audiences that they're trying to appeal to. I think you'll look at perhaps TikTok kind of the same way or social media the same way. It's like you pick and choose where your audiences are going to be. Uh, we talked a lot about, you know, LinkedIn, of course, being kind of corporate professional. And then you have some of these other channels that might be more catered towards um, entry level workforce folks. So. I think that's the way you should think about them, but I, I don't see any envisionment of, unless the government steps in, but I don't see any, any, uh, chance in the near term that any of the ones that we mentioned are, are going away. Yeah. And it's interesting that you even mentioned, uh, Google plus because, you know, I remember when that came about and I, well, this is going to have to have legs. It's Google. Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure they poured, you know, millions upon millions of dollars uh, probably hundreds of millions before they decided to pull that plug. But, um, well, that's an interesting point because one of the things I'll say that we're seeing in social media as far as trends goes is back when I, you know, we were, I was still at CISA at that time, I formerly worked for, but Google Plus, everybody was asking, what can you do on Google Plus? You know, is there any, are you guys building on top of Google Plus? And at the time we were really reluctant to do so. We never really built anything on top of the platform, thankfully. But, uh, you know, it, nowadays, you know, you think about it, there's all these other channels that exist and you still have your technology development as well. You know, anytime you build something, you want to make sure that it's got potential and, and future value. And I, I think that's possible today. And, and I, up until about a year ago, even with TikTok, for example, it was very difficult to do recruitment related things. Um, Twitter was never really, it was, you could blast a lot of content on Twitter and jobs and stuff. And that was a thing, but I think that's kind of went away. But these platforms are being great places to engage with your audiences. So having like a cohesive strategy of both organic posting and then obviously doing advertising is is what we would recommend. But but th these channels, I think, are more primed to do recruitment than they ever have been. Um, it's took a couple of years to get there, but I think they're definitely more right. 
Well, Ron, uh, thank you so much for joining us again today. I'm, I'm grateful for our relationship, our partnership, and uh, appreciate your dedication and expertise in thank the you. industry. I appreciate that. I'm humbled. <laughs> uh, appreciate your time. Thanks, Jeremy. And thanks for joining me for another episode of Taking the High Road and for spreading the word to your industry peers. We really appreciate it. And remember, you could submit any questions or comments, including those which may appear on upcoming Deeper Dive segments at podcast at driverreach.com. And don't forget to rate and review Taking the Higher Road, whatever platform you use to listen. Until next time, thank you for taking the higher road.